surrender to Jesus you're not a follower of Jesus because even calling him Lord gives him a place of divine authority in your life and what goes on today and we talk about this a lot that someone puts their faith and trust in Jesus right which is all that you need to be justified but for many people today maybe some of us here you've trusted Jesus for your salvation but you don't surrender yourself to him Today's message is a message of surrender and submission, and it's one that flies in the face of the culture around us. Our culture values independence and strength, but God values submission. In today's message, Pastor Daniel is going to explore the value of submission and the benefits of surrendering to God. When you're in a place of submission, God has the freedom to meet your needs and transform your life. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Ruth chapter 3 as he continues his message, A Unique Courtship. It says this in verse 3, Therefore wash yourself and anoint yourself, put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. And it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies, verse 4, and you shall go in, uncover his feet, and lie down. He will tell you what you should do. And she said to her, all that you say to me, I will do. I'll put it to you this way, that you and I need to learn how to put yourself at Jesus' feet. That's really what this is about. We have to learn how to put ourselves at the feet of Jesus. See, what Naomi is recommending is, Naomi is recommending, listen, I want you to go to the winnowing floor. And as Boaz is doing all his work, when it's time for him to go to sleep, I want you to go and I want you to lay at his feet. And when he wakes up, he's going to tell you what you should do. Now, don't miss the fact that she also says you might want to get yourself cleaned up a little bit. Now, I don't want to overstate this, but really, you have to realize that they lived in a culture where there wasn't showers and spas. I mean, it was a much different hygienic style of a culture. And so people didn't, you know, go buy special dresses for special occasions. You know, people didn't have, you know, closets full of clothes and shoes. And so it was a much different culture. And so really what he's saying is that, like, you need to make, she's saying, you need to make sure that you put yourself together and that you wash yourself because people didn't bathe every day. You know, there's lots of cultures in the world that are still like that today. You know, we live in an overly, you know, maybe not an overly, but in a hygienic culture. So she's like, listen, I want you to anoint yourself with oil. I was fragrant oil. And I literally want you, I don't see him until he goes to sleep. And then when he goes to sleep, I want you just to, to put yourself at his feet. Now, you notice, where does she say she wants her to put herself? At his feet. So this is not anything inappropriate. This was an old courting ritual. Naomi knows that when he wakes up and he notices there's someone at his feet, he's going to ask some questions. And this was her way of saying, I want to surrender to you. I would like for you to redeem me. That's what she's saying. You know? And so this is not, you know, because it's funny. You read Bible commentaries or speakers and people go freak out about this. Like, how improper? No, no. This was a normal way that this happened. And she's not saying, listen, I want you to show up there and I want you to put your moves on him. No, it's like, wait till he goes to sleep, lay at his feet, and when he wakes up, he's going to tell you 
what you should do. And I think this is beautiful because in the exact same way, this is what God is asking of each of us. The idea of being at someone's feet literally means being submitted to them or, or surrendered to them. The idea of, you know, the Lord said to my love, you know, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. I put them under your feet. The picture in Genesis chapter 3 of how Jesus will crush the serpent's head. The idea is of a place of submission or surrender. And really, that's what happens when you put your faith and trust in Jesus. You submit yourself to him. You surrender yourself to him. Now, I know that that's not a popular concept today. I know that lots of people don't like that idea. But listen, everybody submits to something or someone. If you get a job, you, in a sense, have submitted yourself to that employer. So if that employer says, this is your hours, you do that. If you don't work these hours, you don't get paid. That's part of the process. And we live in a culture that does not enjoy topics of submission or surrender. But I'm here to tell you, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're not surrendered to Jesus, you're not a follower of Jesus. Because even calling him Lord gives him a place of divine authority in your life. And what goes on today, and we talk about this a lot, that someone puts their faith and trust in Jesus, right? Which is all that you need to be justified. But for many people today, maybe some of us here, you've trusted Jesus for your salvation, but you don't surrender yourself to him. You don't live submitted to the will of God. You live however you want to live. Now, I'm I'm going to tell you, you can do that, but your life won't be fruitful the way God wants it to be. Because if God says, I want you to love your enemies, you're like, well, I'm really not going to do that. Then do your enemies get love from you? No. If God says, listen, I want you to stop doing that thing, whatever that thing is for you. And we all have those, right? The spirit of God says, hey, that's not exactly how I want you to be. But if you don't submit yourself to that counsel, then that does not become a part of your life. If Jesus says, I want you to forgive that person, you have to choose to forgive them, don't you? And once you choose to forgive them, you have to continue to forgive them. How many times has somebody hurt you and you forgive them, but you, and you tell them you forgive them, but you really don't? And then something goes on, and you want to roll that old skeleton of hurt back out there again. And then you're like, well, we're talking, I, I, I thought you forgave me. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. And you roll that skeleton back in the closet, you know? And like, we do that kind of thing. But the idea is, is that Jesus wants each one of us to be surrendered to him. Like this, you think about how vulnerable Ruth is throughout this story. And this is a very vulnerable position, isn't it? I mean, if this man wasn't a man of integrity, he could take advantage of her. There's all sorts of things that can go wrong here. But Naomi's got a plan. And so I think it's important for you to ask yourself a simple question. Have I surrendered myself to Jesus? And not only one time unto salvation. And if you're here today and you're hearing this and you've never before surrendered to Jesus for the very first time and become born again, I want to give you an opportunity to do that by the end of the service. Like it begins with that decision. But once you have said yes to Jesus, then your growth in Christ comes from continued surrenderings. I don't know how many times I've had to gone back to the Lord and be like, Lord, I trust you and teach me to trust you. Lord, I've submitted myself to you, but teach me to submit myself in this area, in this situation, in this moment. And that's where growth happens. And I'm sure there's many of you right now where you're saying to yourself, yeah, I got to really surrender afresh right now. There's parts of my life that I'm not surrendered to him. I know what he wants, but I don't want to do it. 
This, of course, reminds me of Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Classic story. It says this, and now it happened that as they went that he entered, speaking of Jesus, a certain village, a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister named Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. See, many of us are distracted with much serving. And you're getting mad at other people like, I'm all here busy and they're just sitting at Jesus' feet and Lord, tell her to leave. Tell them to get going, I need help. And Jesus is like, hold on. You're a little overwhelmed, Martha. Mary's chosen the right thing. It's not gonna be taken from her. See, Jesus likes it when we're at his feet. Now, don't get me wrong. Doesn't mean we say, well, listen, I can't help anybody in the world. I don't wanna be a servant. I don't wanna help anybody because I gotta sit at Jesus' feet. Because we sit at Jesus' feet, we get built up and then what do we do? Then we serve. In some ways, that's what churches, if you read the book of Ephesians chapter four, church is designed that we come together and we sit under the word of God so that we get built up so that we can go and serve in all the different areas that we are. The key is to make sure that you get time at Jesus's feet, that you learn from him, that you are connected to him. And so what we find is that Naomi is advising Ruth to go and put herself at Boaz's feet, Right? And we find out in verse 6, it says, She went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. And she came softly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. So there's nothing inappropriate here. She's laying at his feet. Right? Now, as the story continues, it says this in verse 8. It says, Now it happened at midnight... That the man was startled and he turned himself and there a woman was lying at his feet. And he said to her, who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing for you are a close relative. And he said, blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning in that you did not go after a young man, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request for all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. Now it is true that I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. Stay this night and in the morning it shall be that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good, let him do it. But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you as the Lord lives Lie down until morning. Now, I love this. Because in the middle of the night, Boaz wakes up startled and says that he rolled over, right? And so he rolled over and all of a sudden there's something at his feet and he's like, what? Who are you? And she says, I'm Ruth, your maidservant. And then she tells him what's going on. Take your maidservant under your wing for you are a close relative. Now, If you've been studying the book of Ruth with us, this phrase under your wing keeps popping up, doesn't it? Remember, it's like what Ruth did by following Naomi is she wanted to put herself under the wing, 
the protective arm of the Lord and the people of God. And in chapter 2, when Boaz was speaking to Ruth, he acknowledged that's what she did. And now Ruth is saying, I want to be taken under your wing. See, this is why I call this series Oasis. Because an oasis is a place of safety in the midst of barrenness. A place of blessing at hard times. And we keep seeing this idea how the Lord wants to be a refuge for us. He wants to take us under his wings. And he wants to protect us. But God also uses people in the same way. And now Ruth is requesting that Boaz be that place of refuge for her. Now I know what I love about this. There's a simple principle here. And that's this. Ask and you shall receive. You ask and you receive. See, Ruth is unashamed to say, will you take me, your maidservant, under your wing? Because you're a close relative. You can fulfill this role of the kinsman redeemer. And of course, when I think of that, I think of Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8, right? Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now, you know what's beautiful about those verses where it says ask and seek and knock? In the Greek text, those verbs are in the tense that's called the present continuous tense. So, The idea is that we should keep on asking and we should keep on seeking and we should keep on knocking. So this really reminds us of the need to be persistent and consistent in our requests of the Lord. Now, as I was preparing this, I really got the sense in my heart that it was important for me to encourage you not to be weary in asking, seeking, and knocking. Because sometimes God says no and sometimes God says not yet. And sometimes God says, I just want to see if you're going to keep growing by keeping seeking me. One of the things that I've learned in my life is now, I look back over now 20 years of walking with Jesus and I'm grateful for God's delays now than I was in the midst of the delays. You know why? Because what I learned when God delayed is I learned how to persevere. I learned how to not throw in that, well, God, if you didn't give it to me right now, then I don't want to talk to you anymore because that's what a spoiled brat does. Right? If I did not get it right now, I mean, you've all been in the coffee shop, right? When someone's like, I can't believe I've been waiting here for five minutes for my coffee. It's like, well, you could have made it at home, you know? But they're mad and they're all frustrated and they're all worked up. And we, and, and you watch someone who's like that and some of you are like that. And if you are, stop it. Right? If you're a bystander, watch this. You're totally put off by this person. You're like, like, what is wrong with this person? You know, and everyone's, and I've said this before. I, I, you guys know that like I'm a pastor because I got a big mouth. You know, and so sometimes I get frustrated because like someone just, they're just working. I'm like, will you, if you wanted your coffee yesterday, you should have made it at home. Be nice. You know, and then they look at me and I'm like, look, they're they're just doing their job. Man, there's a line of people here. Like, what's the problem? You know, and then they kind of look at you and I'm like, I'm a pastor. That's what Jesus says. No, I didn't say, I I don't, I don't say that. Every once in a while, I'm like, you know, something will go on. Someone's like, like, they might know you're the pastor of Crossroads. I'm like, good. You know, like they got to get it together. You know what I mean? So, you know, someone's watching this online. They're like, I knew I knew that guy from somewhere. You know, that's why I don't like Jesus, you know. But, but like, no, seriously, though, it's like God delays sometimes so that we grow in a relationship. Like you guys, listen, if a guy says that he wants to 
take you under his wing, so to speak. Make him work for it. Like, it's a good, like, what's this guy made of? He's like, okay, so, so, yeah, she said no. She said, you better get a job, you know what I mean? You know? Well, then, you know, if he really loves you, he's going to stick it out. You know, make him work for it. You know, it's, it's, and that's good counsel, I think, too. Make him, like, see what he's made of. Because you know what it is? Too often, with God and with people, we like, I wanted it yesterday. If I don't get what I want, go find something else that I want. Shows that they don't care about you. And what Jesus does is, Jesus isn't as interested in giving you the things that you want as he is for giving you what he knows you really need, which is him. When God delays in answering certain prayers, he knows that you're going to seek him, and that's what you really need. And then at some point, you're like, I really don't care if I get that thing because I got what I really wanted, which is a relationship with the Lord, which is a relationship with God. You know, but don't be afraid to ask for what you want. So there's some people that, you know, we, we have these weird views of God. Like I got to do reverse psychology with God. Now you're trying to do reverse psychology with the all knowing one. They're like, Lord, I really don't care if I ever get married. Cause you think that like, if you don't care, then God's going to bring you your spouse as if God just waiting there, just being like, I wonder how much I can mess up that person's life. That's what people think. It's like, where all of a sudden you think, oh yeah, well, you know, if I, you know, God, all I want to do is be a missionary. Cause all you want to do is stay there. Cause God's playing opposite day with you every day. It's like he loves you. He created you. He sustained you. He sent Jesus on a rescue mission for you. You think Jesus is just looking to mess up your life for fun? Like play sport with your life? No. But sometimes he delays because he knows that there's other things he wants to accomplish. And that's why it's okay to keep asking. It's okay to keep seeing. It's okay to keep knocking. Because that in God's perfect timing, God does what he wants to do. Remember we talked about being surrendered and being submitted? It's hard to be surrendered and submitted to God's timing. Isn't it? When God says, it's not not ever, it's just not now or not yet. And Lord, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to trust you. See, Ruth has no problem asking for what she wants. And as a child of God, you shouldn't have any problems. Think, God, this is what I would want. And then, Lord, if this is your will, then bring it to pass. And if it's not, then change my heart so that, I, that my wants and my desires line up with yours. Because sometimes we just ask for the plain wrong things. Can we admit that? Sometimes we want the wrong things and God's like, yeah, I love you too much to give you that. You know, I have better plans for you than that. And God's no's are good. Like rejection is God's protection. Sometimes God, he answers our prayers with no. He's like, I got something better for you. And we should trust that because he's a good father. He has your best interest at heart. So what's beautiful here is, is Ruth tells him that she would like to be redeemed by him. She asks, and you got to love Boaz's response. Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter. See, Boaz is the blessing man, right? He's blessing his workers. They're blessing him. Now, you know, Boaz is just blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter. He just blesses her in the name of the Lord, right? For you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning. For you did not go after a young man, whether poor or rich. He's saying, listen. He, like when we made the case that Boaz was probably more of Naomi's age than Ruth's age. But he's saying, man, you are amazing. That's what he's saying to her. You could have gone after some young, handsome dude, but you went after me. You want to be part of my family. And he's blown away by her. And then right away, Boaz, being a man of integrity, starts to look out for her. Look what he says. My daughter, do not fear. I will do 
for you all that you request. For all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. He's saying, your request? Okay. But notice, it's her testimony. This idea of, you are a virtuous woman. This is the wife of valor of Proverbs 31. Same phrase. A wife of virtue, of valor. Now listen, ladies, listen. Be a woman of virtue, of valor. Be a woman whose testimony is rock solid. Because here's the thing. Your testimony is God's letter that's being written to the world in your life. And Ruth's testimony, he's like, look, everybody knows that you're a godly woman. It'd be my joy for this. What a great, I mean, just the way he speaks, I just, I'm so amazed by Boaz because this is the kind of guy men need to be. A guy who's looking out for a woman who's virtuous. A man who's, he's like, don't, yes, I'll do your request. But notice, there's other variables here. Look what it says in verse 12. Now it is true, I am a close relative. However, there is a relative closer than I. Stay this night, and in the morning it shall be that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good, let him do it. But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you. As the Lord lives, lie down until morning. See, now a couple things here. First, Boaz is also a man of God. And Boaz is like, listen, but here's what you have to realize. There's somebody who has the right of redemption before me. There's someone closer. So if he will do it, then that's his prerogative. But if not, I'd be happy to do it. Now, don't you love that? Boaz, as a man of God, is not looking to cut any corners. He understands that the right thing is the right thing. There's truth involved. And he's willing to say, I'm going to trust the Lord. Now, what I love about Boaz is Boaz here reminds me a lot of Abraham. Remember when God gave Abraham the land, but then Abraham and his nephew Lot, there was issues amongst it because they they were growing so fast. They had all this livestock. And even though God gave Abram this land, he let Lot choose. Why? Because Abram trusted God. He said, God, if you're going to give me this land, I can let Lot choose. And Boaz is doing the same thing. Obviously, Boaz thinks a lot of Ruth. He took care of her in chapter two, right? But now he's saying, look, there's somebody who has the right before me, and I'm going to give them the option. But notice also this. He tells her first to stay the night, and second, he says, and lie down until morning. Now, do you ever wonder why he did that? Because a single woman walking around at night was even more vulnerable in that culture. And at the same time, he was protecting her testimony. Because you could imagine the story. All of a sudden, someone sees Ruth leaving the threshing floor with Boaz. And now her testimony, you know. And so, once again, Boaz is her protector. She's already dwelling on his wing, even though it's not formal yet. Jesus is We live in a culture that does not enjoy topics of surrender or submission. But everyone submits to someone. That might be a parent or a boss or the government. As followers of Jesus, we submit ourselves to him. In today's message, Pastor Daniel showed us how Ruth placing herself at the feet of Boaz is a picture of how we approach Jesus. We place ourselves in submission to him and ask him to redeem us. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. 
I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus is Real Radio, and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus is Real Radio at 360-256-4655 or email me at real at danielfusco.com. We're so glad we can be a part of your life through the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio. Would you like to be a part of what we're doing? We would like to ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner of this program. Your contribution, no matter the size, will be used to reach people with the gospel message. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Just click on Give. Thank you for partnering with us. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel will share what salvation really means for your insecurities. No matter where you are in the journey, you bring your insecurities with you everywhere you go. You don't want to own them, but it's often your insecurities that are driving you. The good news is insecurity has no room in the story of salvation. So come back next time to find out why God's redemption always trumps personal feelings. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Oasis. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.